Every day of your life is important because you never know what God has planned. Some of these moments are so big, they leave you breathless. How will you react when something unexpected happens? When death is staring you in the face? How do you ignore what the world says and just focus on who's really in charge? How do you let go and let God? He is everywhere. He is everything. He is the great I am. And we call him God of Miracles. I am Sunny, and this is one of his stories. I was easily dead for more like 50-something minutes, like an hour. It's something unbelievable. There are days that I wonder why God chose me because, you know, I, I just don't know if I've ever felt quite worthy of such an amazing thing. It's freaking amazing. <laughs> Ruby Grappera's story is truly unbelievable. She died, unexpectedly, only minutes after giving birth to her daughter. What she saw during that time was beautiful. And the prayer that brought her back to life was powerful. Let's go back to that faithful day back in 2014. Ruby and her family are living in Southern Florida, near Boca Raton. I actually was born in Cuba. Uh, my father's a political prisoner and he fled Cuba. We, we left and I came when I was about almost six. I started school here in America, so I, I'm mostly Cuban-American, mostly American. <laughs> but I tell everybody, I'm like very Cuban in my culture, my cooking, you know, and, you know, my isms. But I'm also very American. I'm a patriot. I love America. My father loved America. I mean, this is my, my home. Ruby is married. Her husband is Brazilian, and together they have a little boy. Ruby gets pregnant again, but there are problems early on with the pregnancy. Long story short, I started losing that baby. I was very sad. Two months passed after I lost that baby and I wasn't getting my, you know, my menstrual cycle. So I went and made an appointment to ch check to see if there was a problem, you know. So I went back to the OBGYN and when I go, he's like, you're pregnant, Ruby. I said, what? So somehow, I don't know, her little egg was there waiting. Only if you know God, you know that those things are definitely his work, you know. Despite some nausea, Ruby's pregnancy was going great. Mike Fleischer is Ruby's OBGYN. Dr. Fleischer delivered her son, and now he was going to deliver her daughter. Yeah, it was completely normal. Uh, I think she probably had high blood pressure. Uh, that was her only risk factor. Completely routine prenatal care, no problems. She had the previous C-section. And so we always schedule a C-section around 39 weeks for a repeat C-section. So that was um, scheduled great. She was doing fine. So it was completely routine. 
Ruby's C-section was scheduled for noon on September 23rd, 2014, a day Ruby and her family will never forget. Many of them were there for the birth. Ruby's sister, Marilyn, drove her to the hospital earlier that morning. We were very excited that my sister was going to have a baby. We knew it was going to be a little girl. So I have told my husband the week before, I'm going to take time off and I'm going to be there for my niece's birth. Something that I think it was God put in our heart to be there. Uh, we all went together. So I was in the hospital by 7 something in the morning, super excited for my C-section. It was me and my husband. And then, of course, my sister came, my mom came, my brother-in-law came. Almost my whole family was here, which was very weird. Who does that in birth? I don't know, nobody. But that happened for this one. <laughs> when I checked in that day, I met the nurse, that, which was the, the nurse that was going to be, you know, the labor and, and, and delivery nurse. Her name is Julie which I love, by the way, she's like one of my closest friends now. It's really weird. I met Ruby. She came in for a routine repeat C-section at the hospital that I was working labor and delivery. I was her primary nurse that day for her C-section. I frequently bond with my patients in the case with the C-section, the patient comes in and you're admitting and starting IV and starting fluids and, you know, just prepping them for the procedure. I remember making a comment. I liked her tote bag and she was, you know, just stylish and fun and easy to get to know. I liked her just from the very beginning, from hello. The C-section went well. Ruby now had a healthy baby girl. I remember them pulling Tylee out and say, time of birth, 1236. She was born at 1236. I heard that. And I remember them showing her to me. But then I don't remember anything else after that. I could feel myself almost like slipping away into a sleep. That's what I was feeling. We were leaving the OR and I noticed that she was kind of sleepy. And that happens sometimes, the different medications that the anesthesiologist may use. So I didn't think too much of it. We wheeled her down a short hallway into the recovery room. And I noticed when we got her into the recovery room that she was not conscious. And I put the pulse oximeter on her finger that, that tells what the patient's pulse and their oxygen saturation is. And it, it didn't read very quickly. It, it, you know, there was like a, a little lapse. I said to the doctor, I said, her pulse ox is in the 70s. She was unconscious. He looked at me, he said, we're going back to the OR. We go back to the operating room just to evaluate and see what was going on, making sure that her blood pressure was okay. We had her on pressors, which is a medicine to keep her blood pressure controlled. Had her on the monitor with her heart rate, and that was, she was probably tachycardic at that time. So we were kind of watching her, and then all of a sudden we got to the point where her arrhythmia became so abnormal where the heart just wasn't working and it was stopping. like my body was flowing I, it wasn't a body it felt like I was very light you don't travel the same way you just flow you know 
now I understand when people say like that tunnel like, but when I was going through, it didn't feel like that long. You know, it didn't feel like that long of a ride. It felt like it was a passageway and it felt like that realm was closer than we know. You feel this space that it's just quiet and the word for peace is, is like not even the right word content. You know, I don't know how to say, but in that space, there was no worry. I was not worried about who I had left behind. I was not thinking about who I had left behind. As I'm flowing through there, I see a light. And as I get closer to that light, I see it's a spiritual being of light. He didn't feel like a stranger. The place didn't feel like a stranger. Like I didn't feel like I was going to a new place. Does that make sense? It felt more like a homecoming. It felt no more like a new life. I, I also felt at home there. Like our spirit came from there. Who we are, our DNA blueprint is that. It made me realize that we're truly spiritual being having a natural experience here. You don't communicate in words. I mean, I just knew what he was, what this, what the spiritual being said. He, he was like, you're going to be here for a while, you know, but you're not going to stay here because it's not your time. Meanwhile, the situation in the operating room was much more frantic. Oh gosh, it's just so many things were happening. I mean, she she was intubated. She wasn't breathing on her own. Things were going down. She was going down quickly. So we were just doing everything that we could to resuscitate her. And I remember at one point looking at the um, heart monitor and seeing an ominous heart rate. And I, the whole time I kept saying, and I, I kept saying it out loud, was God, please don't let her die. God, please. I was pleading with God the whole time as tears were streaming down my cheeks. One of the doctors said that we needed to go get the family. We had been at that point, you know, close to 45 minutes, we had been working on resuscitating. We went out to tell the family to come in and, and essentially we were telling them to come in to say their last goodbye. And it was heart-wrenching. I grabbed my mother and I told her, be strong. We were all around her bed praying. And she had on top of her a doctor actually pressing her heart while we were praying. And at that moment, that's when I knee. And I said to the doctor, stop, stop. Because when you guys stop, it's when God is going to begin. This is what my sister told me. You told me all the time, Ruby, and I believe this. I believe, God, that you're going to do. You're going to do for her what you need to do. When the men stop, you're going to believe. And we believe that so deeply that I know you're going to do something for my sister. At that point, the whole team was, was, you know, doing the resuscitation. And I felt like I needed to be with the family. So I went out to be with the family. Her family was in a circle, holding hands, praying, and some of them were down on their knees. So I, I got in the circle, took their hands, and I got down on my knees, and we were all pleading for her life. We got to the point where we said this, we, we can't continue. We've been doing this for 45 minutes of compressions. That's like longer than, than most would have continued. So we ultimately stopped, and when you stop, you kind of 
wait and you see what's happening with the heart and you're kind of just waiting for it to stop completely because there's still electrical stimulation going on. And the doctor gave us the time of death, Dr. Flesher. He looked at me and he said, I am so sorry. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, heart rate started to go. And then my husband heard a beep. And he said to a nurse, I heard a beep. My charge nurse stuck her head out the door. She said, keep praying. Her heart started to beat on its own. It was this desperate feeling of doing whatever needs to be done to save her life. The doctor actually told me later that the reason that they did resuscitation for 45 minutes was because they saw the faith, they saw the love, they saw that we were praying and what the family can do. They felt at that moment something in that room that they couldn't stop. Ruby was alive. Her heart was now beating on its own, but her body had been through a tremendous amount of stress, and no one really knew if she'd be the same person when she woke up. And he said, well, her heart is working, but we had to put her in a coma to rest. And I said, doctor, what is my percentage? How she's going to be or what's going to happen? And he looked at me and he says, we're giving you 50-50. That was the moment that I looked at him and I said, God, don't make mistake. If he left her here for a reason, he doesn't make mistake. Here we are, we saved her life, but is she going to be not able to speak ever again? Is she not going to be able to walk ever again? You know, we have no no ideas what's going to happen. When they called me to tell me that she woke and that she she was, you know, doing all the verbal commands and, and movements and, and understood where she was and what was going on, it was a complete shock, but a complete relief. Ruby gave birth on a Tuesday, the same day she died. But by Thursday night, she was in a regular maternity ward, just like all the other new moms. She was home by Saturday. When I came home, I had patches of hard skin on parts of my body. And I had rigor mortis, you know, when the skin gets really hard. My perspective is that if you're alive, this day, today, breathing, there's a purpose for you to be alive. There's something you gotta do. Why God chose for me to be her nurse that day, I, it's beyond me. I have no idea. But yes, I witnessed a miracle. I never felt closer to the presence of God than at that point in time. That I was one of many that was pleading for her life and God answered the prayer. I was one room away. It was almost tangible. And I think that's the reason why God did it. He did it to teach us 
that he's in control all the time. Just ask, trust me, I still do miracle. Go ahead and tell your story. Ruby's story has definitely left a legacy. Google Ruby Grappera and you will find several articles describing her life-changing experience. She even appeared on a national syndicated talk show and her OBGYN, Dr. Fleischer, told his story in a book about miracles based on doctors' firsthand experiences. It's turning even the greatest of skeptics into believers. Believe in something, someone bigger than yourself. Someone who's always in control, even when you feel helpless. Someone you'd instantly recognize, even if you never saw him before. Filled with a sense of peace that surpasses all understanding. He's closer than you may think. He is the God of Miracles. Has God given you a miracle? Share your story at miracles at godofmiracles.org.